Well, welcome to the Sages Among Us. I'm your host, Suzanne Webb, and my guest today on the Sages Among Us is Elaine Sierra, attorney and uh, a woman who's very involved with uh, different organizations for uh, reproductive choice for business and professional women and other uh, things in the community. Welcome, Elaine. Uh, thank you. Good to be here. Yeah. The Sages Among Us uh, honors people who are contributors in the community, um, and Elaine is one of them. She was born and raised in San Francisco. She uh, got her undergraduate de degree from San Francisco State in social science, then moved on to UC Berkeley School of Law, uh, where she got her law degree, uh, becoming, becoming a public sector attorney. She lived and worked in Washington, D.C. for several years in the 1980s before returning to California, and she retired um, in 1999 from the IRS um, office in San Francisco. Um, tell us a lot more about yourself, uh, Elaine. Um, you moved up to um, Nevada County uh, in about, what, the year 2000? Yes, I've been here 22 years now. And what what brought you up here? Uh, well, my husband and I uh, had just retired. Uh, we spent one year in Las Vegas to do something different and spend a little time with our daughter um, and look for where we wanted to stay permanently. Fell in love with Nevada City. Um, liked the size, liked a lot of the conveniences that think bring a lot of people here from the Bay Area. Um, liked the people. Everybody was so friendly. That was really one of the first imp big impressions that we had. Um, and it, it's not that far from the Bay Area. We still have most of our family in the Bay Area, although our children have spread around the United States now. Um, so it's it serves our needs, and we're um, one of the first things we did was join the local running club. We were avid run runners, and now we're still walkers, so they're um, really close friends of ours. Um, I wanted to be involved with the community and with like-minded women, so I joined AUW, um, be became very active there, joined the Business and Professional Women of Nevada County, became active there, I was recruited um, to be president of Citizens for Choice, and that was back in, like, 2005. Um, so I was president for a couple of years and uh, was still very active uh, in public policy. I'm still today very active in public policy, and I became the president again earlier this year. So it's um, it's been a full life here. <laughs> yeah, so you're you're hardly retired. It sounds like you're still working, but... In a pro bono way. Yes. <laughs> I keep r reminding me, my husband keeps reminding me that, that this is all voluntary work. So let's back up a little bit. What was uh, living in San Francisco like when you were growing up? Um, when I grew up in San Francisco, my mother came from a big family, so several of her sisters uh, moved to San Francisco as well, so I grew up with a very extended family, lots of cousins, a lot of visiting each other's homes and getting together for 
for Christmas and the holidays and 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 growing up together and going camping, that kind of stuff. It was And it what was, neighborhood did you live in? In the mission. Ah. Twenty fifth and church. <laughs> I know I know where you were. <laughs> It just, yes, the city is so exciting, isn't it? It's um, so many things to do. You never... It's it's very exciting. And, and as you grow older, naturally, your field of vision gets a lot broader. And it, you go from your neighborhood to where you go to school and then high school and then college and where you work. And, and your field of vision is always expanding. So it's a different city. And of course, San Francisco is a much different city now than when I was uh, growing up in the in the 50s. My grandmother actually lived in in San Francisco in 1907 in the Mission District. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Um, so I was I was fortunate to work there too. Um, are there any stories about your childhood? Any any really fun things that you did in the city? Mm, no, other than, you know, uh, playing with the neighborhood kids and with with all my cousins, going to uh, Golden Gate Park for for picnics and go to the playground, and then uh, when we got to ha- to the point where we had grandchildren, well, taking our children there and then our grandchildren there. So, yeah, we really felt grounded in in San Francisco. So you went across the bridge and went away to college. <laughs> yes, <laughs> at, at Bold Hall. <laughs> yeah. Um, and graduated with a law degree. And did you go right to Washington, D.C., or did you uh, work in the Bay Area as a lawyer? Or? I, I worked in the Bay Area for a while. I was a, um, an appellate public defender. Um, and then I, I went to uh, Washington, D.C. after my children graduated from high school. So I started out working for a congressman from California, um, and and really loved it. Um, there is so much going on in Washington D.C. that it's it's hard to really absorb it and to be part of it. It's like you jump into the stream and there's something happening every day. Now, was he from the Bay Area or was he was from Southern California, from Pasadena and Altadena? Altadena. Uh-huh. Ed Royball was his name. Um, Hispanic, so he was uh, had been chair of the Congressional Hispanic Caucus, and was also chair of the Aging Committee, and was on an Appropriations Subcommittee. So there was a wide mix of of work that that he did, and that I was able to get involved with. So it was it was really those were really exciting years. And this was the 1980s. And what were some of the things that you worked on? Um, on appropriations, we worked on a lot of educational issues and health-related issues. AIDS was just becoming uh, um, a, a national problem and gain, gaining uh, gaining interest. And he he initiated a lot of support within uh, NIH, the National Institutes for Health, and CDC to address the AIDS crisis. He was also active in um, a... Uh, uh, immigration Control Act that was very controversial, um, and I, I worked on that. It took several years to get that passed. That was that was really interesting. And then every year there were there were there were new proposals and and new issues coming up, um, and I I really did enjoy those years. And then so uh, who would have been president back in the time you were there in the eighties? Um, R- Ronald Reagan. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
And so how many years were you actually with the House of Representatives then? From 83 to about 89. Uh Uh-huh. And then you moved to the IRS, right? Yes. Um, I was initially in their national office, in their legislative affairs division, and that was uh, very challenging and very enjoyable, um, doing things like uh, creating implementation plans for for the laws that Congress passed and meeting with the various aspects of the administration within IRS about how, how to implement those kind of things and um, attending congressional hearings and preparing preparing uh, admi- administrative staff for, for, for a testimony. And that, too, was, was, was very interesting. And Sounds- I should mention that while I was there is when I met my future husband. Wonderful. So, and you both came back to California. Yes, we got married, and we came back to California because it turned out we both had family here. Oh. And we were expecting a, a grandchild. So we moved back here to, to be closer to the family. Wonderful. What a great experience to have. Yes. And then to re- be able to return back here. And um, so then you came back to the Bay Area and then eventually up to Nevada County. Yes, after, after we retired. And you, you certainly have found a lot of stuff to do here. You are active with uh, Citizens for Choice and in their partnership with women's health specialists and um, also with Business and Professional Women's Association. And you're a member of AAUW. Tell us um, what you do with those, those organizations. Um, well, with AUW, uh, it's the first organization I started with, so... I was on their board and was had various positions, including public policy. Uh, and now I've sort of retired from activism with AUW, and it's more of a social outlet. They have a lot of interest groups that I participate in, like like a, a book reading group and a hiking group. Uh, and uh, at, at one time they, they had a... Uh, uh, a dinner group that we're that we're a part of. So it, the, there are many friendships that, that have come out of the, my uh, my involvement with with AUW. Um, I was active briefly with the local Sierra Trailblazers Running Club. Uh, I was on their board for a while, um, and uh, we participated in a lot of races and did some traveling with uh, with the running club members. To, to go to, to races. And does that organization still exist? It, it still does. Oh. Yes, yes. And the, the group that we originally started with are still run and walk on weekends. How fun. It is. And AAUW, by the way, for the listener, is uh, American Association of University Women, and they support uh, girls in uh, advancing uh, the, in their educational um, careers and uh, uh, promote equity for women. A wonderful organization, and uh, uh, they have a website here in Nevada County. Um, so tell us about um, Citizens for Choice and, and the work that you do with them. Uh, it's kind of a Certainly a um, hot topic now that uh, Roe v. Wade has been overturned, and I'm sure that uh, your organization is just kind of right in the middle of it. But what what does the organization do? 
for um, the community? Well, the organization has, has always supported reproductive rights, and they've tried to promote uh, comprehensive sex education in the schools and access to reproductive health care generally. In 2006, we formed our partnership with Women's Health Specialists, which has full-time clinics at the time. It was in Sacramento, Santa Rosa, Redding, Chico, and now they have, um, they're reduced to Redding, Chico, and now Grass Valley. And they basically provide the staff, and we provide the financial support for the for the brick and mortar, and uh, and and do the advertising to let people in our local community know about the clinic and all the services it provides. So the schools used to have programs, um, health, I guess, health class, that would um, at least touch on sex education, but I guess all of that has been maybe replaced now when they have people come in like uh, Citizens for Choice to um, educate the students on uh, reproduction? It has changed a lot over the years, and it depends on what the local administration is and what the support for the local uh, of the local school and parents are for for sex education. Um, there is a a state law requiring comprehensive sex education in the school if it is offered. It has to has to check off all the boxes and provide information on the broad range of, of human sexuality and reproductive choice and contraception. So um, there are dedicated teachers that are that are being trained um, because of COVID and and uh, kids not being in classes. I am afraid that a lot of the a lot of the sex education is not what it could be. So we still have our work cut out for us to, to advocate for that and to improve uh, children's access to all the information they need to maintain their own health. So the um, the clinic here in town is located... 984 uh, Plaza Drive, South Suite, by Margaritas. Okay. And um, tell me about some of the services they provide there at the clinic. Well, most people are familiar with Planned Parenthood, so like Planned Parenthood, you could have a broad range of reproductive health care needs, and the clinic will be able to, to meet them. If you're a mother whose daughter is going to become sexually active and you want to be with her while she has her first introduction to contraception, you can go to the clinic with her. If you're a young woman who's found out that she's pregnant and is not sure where she can get care or what decisions she wants to make about it, she can go to the clinic. If you are afraid that you have a sexually transmitted disease or a, a urinary tract infection, you could go there. If you are in transition, uh, a gender transition, and you need uh, hormone therapy, gender-affirming care, you can go to the clinic for that. So, and there's a lot of, you know, if you want to discuss your, your best option for contraception or have an IUD uh, inserted or uh, a wide range of, of options, this is the place to go. For men and women, yes. I'm sure. Oh, yes. Um, yes. 
And is it a drop-in or appointment-based or both? Appointments are better. Um, We've only been at this new location for a little more than a year, and we have just gone to full-time operation this year with dedicated staff. We we had staff commuting from Chico, and they were only able to come part-time. Now it's from 9 to 4, 5 days a week. So if you, um, because we're, we're really kind of still gearing up, uh, it's, it's better to call and make an appointment. Um, and those phone numbers are on our, our Facebook and website and on citizensforchoice.org and also at womenshealthspecialist.org website. They also have a Facebook page. And so uh, your role with the organization is really to advocate at the state level? That's um, While as president, there's a lot of things that come in the door, but on a day-to-day basis, I would say um, most of my work is either administrative as president or policy-related, and the policy-related includes um, working in coalition with an organization called the California Coalition for Reproductive Freedom, has a more than 30 organizations dedicated to reproductive health rights or justice. We meet regularly, and we, it's, a, it's a platform and a forum for sharing information, advocating together on the, on the California legislation and budget proposals, et cetera, that relate to um, our, our common goals. So uh, abortion act, uh, Abortion access is a major issue now with the Supreme Court decision, and we've all they've been pla- we've been planning for some time, and there are already a number of, of measures that are working their way through the legislature. Um, there's news just in the last couple of days about budget provisions that are going to provide up to two hundred million dollars in California for various things to um, to support abortion access. And so is that to kind of cope with the expansion for need when people will probably be coming here from out of state? That is one of the purposes, but it will also strengthen abortion access within California. Uh, People think that because we're in California, abortion access is is freely available, but there there are barriers here too, either geographic areas, uh, uh, barriers, or people not being able to afford care or not knowing where to get it. So all these measures will will help address that um, and look at disparities, including disparities in things like maternal health and child health, which you wouldn't think would be, you know, a a big focus, but but it is a big focus of reproductive justice, that once people do have children, they have the right to have the, the uh, public support so they can raise those children and, and be supported in, in parenthood. Well, it sounds like you have your hands full. Tell us, um, and you're on your sort of your second shift as president then of... Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> how nice. <laughs> um, and then you're also involved with Business and Professional Women's Association. Tell us about some of the uh, issues before that group. Um, well, in addition to, to reproductive rights, 
um, business and professional women is concerned generally with advancement for women, uh, business women, but also their families. And we, in addition to reproductive rights, we've been working on uh, legislation to improve uh, uh, paid family leave, which is a big issue in California. When people want to take leave to take care of a new baby, they're entitled to leave, but the reimbursement rate for their um, for their pay has not been that high. So people at the lower end of the of the scale can't afford to take the leave. So we're working on on improving that, and and we're making progress in, in that um, so that the lower income people will get it up to 90% of their wages uh, paid while they're on, on, on maternity and parental leave. And the uh, local group is um, sort of a standalone group? Yes, Business and Professional Women of Nevada County. Okay. But it's been here for dec- decades. And I'm sure all of, all of uh, the organizations, AAUW, Citizens for Choice, and Business and Professional Women's of Nevada County all have websites. They do. Yeah, I invite you to to go on all of them. Yeah, and Business and Professional Women um, does meet monthly. Uh, we have generally either programs or 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 social gatherings, and there will be one coming up. I believe it's in it. it it's coming up in the next couple of weeks at in Nevada City, at the place on South Pine. The place on South Pine used to be South Pine Cafe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, it's called The Place or it's called The Place on South Pine. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm so I'm so bummed that that restaurant's no longer there. I know. I I haven't been there but I I heard that their breakfasts are still very good. You're listening to The Sages Among Us. I I am visiting today with Elaine Sierra who has uh uh, her hands in a lot of different pots right now uh, in um, organization Citizens for Choice and um, Women's Health Specialist and Business and Professional Women's Association and AAUW. And she's a contributor um, donating her time uh, as a lawyer and uh, advocate. And uh, let's talk a little about Roe v. Wade, since it's such a monumental change, um, you know, that we're all Mm -hmm. sort of, uh, I don't know, knocked to the floor over the fact that uh, how can this be that the Supreme Court has taken uh, the right away from women? Right. I mean, Citizens for Choice was formed originally by a small group of people in 1989, uh, people from AUW, Business and Professional Women, and League of Women Voters. And the person from AUW was a, had been a nurse before Roe v. Wade was, enact, was passed, was, uh, was decided. So she was aware of, I mean, they used to have Many, many women in every hospital who were hospitalized because they had uh, were suffering from illegal abortions, many died. So she was very, stro- very strongly supportive 
for health reasons as well as uh, human rights reasons that women had the right to abortion access. I, I spoke with her the other day, and she just feels like devastated that we were going backwards, and now uh, women can no longer depend on constitutional protections of this basic human right to be able to control their own bodies, their own decisions, um, be able to form families the way they want to when they think they can take care of them. Is there hope for getting it back? I, I, uh, there's lots of uh, different uh, scenarios floating out there. Um, well, it looks like right now the, the uh, action is all going to be at the state level. We don't expect anything to happen to change in the Supreme Court uh, in the near or long term uh, for a long time. So there are are lots of things going on in the states. Um, I, I've sort of talked a little bit about California and everything we're doing to try to ensure that there's still abortion access. Uh, there will be a constitutional amendment uh, on the ballot in November to have California state a constitution explicitly say that women have a fundamental right to abortion and contraception. And uh, other states are banning abortion from the moment of conception. So so it's from one extreme to the it, other. One extreme to the other, uh, about half and half. Um. From the New York Times, it says uh, the typical uh, person who has an abortion is already a mother. She's in her late 20s. She's attended some college, uh, has a low income, is unmarried, uh, is in her first six weeks of pregnancy, is having her first abortion, and lives in a blue state. Mm -hmm. some, some facts that might surprise people. Yeah, there are so many reasons why women decide to have abortions, too. Um, and and a, an example is Texas, which has banned abortion since September. Ex, um, the so-called fetal heartbeat bill that bans abortion once uh, at about six weeks of pregnancy, when most women don't even know they're pregnant. And a lot, there have been so many stories. Just you can just Google <laughs> abortion stories from Texas, and you will get so many an earful of so many women who are who are desperate. Um, uh, there's one that comes to mind as a a woman who was 19 weeks pregnant, had wanted to be pregnant, and found out the pregnancy was not viable. And she couldn't get a preg uh, an abortion in Texas, even though her own life was on the line. But providers didn't want to risk the the legal liability might come that might come with their providing abortion and having to deal with litigation, et cetera, um, to decide that, that yes, it was justified. So she had to had to get the advice from her doctor about what precautions to take to to fly to another state to get an abortion. Uh, and, you know, it makes it a heart-rending decision difficult, even more difficult. Well, it seems like there's going to be a lot of angry people when they go to the polls in November this year. Yeah. So it could change things yeah. Um, yeah. a little bit. I think it'll be, uh, it depend on what state you live in, really. Yes. Yeah. Well, um, 
we just have a few few minutes left. Um, what what do you find really exciting about the work and re- rewarding the work that you do? Um, it, it's stimulating because there's always something new happening. It, it's gratifying because you know you're you're on the side of the right. You're really helping women and 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 men, children, transgender people, gay people get access to the health care that they need, that they deserve, and that should be available to them. So it's, uh, it, it's exciting work. I love it. <laughs> uh, and I like working on all, all aspects of it. Um, I, I should mention that um, we are going to be increasing our outreach work. And if people are interested in helping with outreach, um, they should go to our, our website or email us at info at citizensforchoice.org to find out more information. Those are paid positions we're going to be having this summer. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Elaine Sierra. Okay, thank you.